Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us. Are you looking for a place where you get some practical and helpful tips on how to manage this crazy life and find balance in motherhood? Then we're here for you. Join us for all the raw and real girl talk right here. You're listening to All the Things. All the Things. All the Things with Chong and Beck. Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of good. I just watched the Cowboys game and we flipped and lost. Oh, man. And it was like, so we thought that we'd have a chance or I thought we'd have a chance. And we literally like were about to, um, yeah. Anyway, lost the whole thing. Anyway, we were very close. <laughs> we were very close to like the getting a touchdown, but we ran out of time. We ran out of time. Right That's when we were a bummer. <laughs> I know it is because I was like, oh, we might be able to. Because if we got the touchdown, then we'd win. It yeah. was three to seventeen. We we're playing the Niners. Yeah. <sighs> it was like the most anticlimactic thing I've ever seen. The way that it ended. Yeah. It was just, yeah. Anyway. Oh, man. I have not watched a single freaking game this year. Like, not an entire, not a a one. I've watched, actually, a lot this year. And a lot of, um, a lot of, like, watching the playbacks and all of that, too. Yeah? Um, Yeah. But I really thought we, I don't know, we did really good. Like, we did really good this year. Yeah, uh, like they were saying, you know, we're one of the teams to beat, and uh, I don't understand though. This happens to us every time we get the playoffs, and then mm-hmm. completely like lose it, like within the oh, first. Oh man, we're done. That just sucks. That means Jen's gonna be so bummed out too because she's a huge Cowboys fan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, that's life. How are you? I know. <laughs> Good, doing pretty good. Um, we have had like, well, I think we were talking about it this week. We've had like a bug circulating through our house, so it's just mm-hmm. been kind of crazy. But other than that, I mean, we're good. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to keep the bug out of our house. Right. I think I had like a little bit of something, just yeah. a little thing, but it wasn't very much. But I've been like, I just haven't had any energy, which you already know. Yeah. It's also that time of the month, so I think that's what's been happening. But uh-huh. um, Brant caught something from either me or his mom, or I don't know, but now he started it yesterday. Is it like a tummy thing? Um, No. Because that's what we thing. had, and that's what I'm yeah. hearing a lot. No. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to go into detail because it's kind of gross for some of it. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. mine was just random. Like the first day was like I had a little bit of congestion. And then after the first day, I had no congestion whatsoever in my chest or my face or anything. But I sounded nasally. But I didn't mm-hmm. have anything. There was nothing. But I was super tired and had no energy. And then like the second night, I like ended up having issues from, you know, in the bathroom. But, like, yeah. only one time that night. But it was, like, I was sick from both ends. And then. Oh, man. That's the yeah. worst. It wasn't, like, all night. It literally was one time. And then I had the chills. And then and then that was it. Like, oh, that was it for that. And then ever since then, like, I've been fine. The only thing I've had is I'm tired. So I take a nap every day. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way I get through the day. Because by, like, by like 12 o'clock, I'm completely, like, out of energy. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what is going on, but Brant, his is like he's coughing, he has a fever, he had the chill, Ugh. like yeah. he has different something. But I mean, he gets tested every Monday for yeah. But so I mean, I don't think that's what it is, but we'll know for a fact tomorrow if that's what it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, and the kids have been home. They told us on Wednesday that the kids would not have school Thursday and Friday. Yeah, that's right. And- um, I was like, that's so flipping last minute. But anyway, 
Um, and then they didn't have school tomorrow already because it's uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go back on Tuesday. So, but they are healthy. Both kids are completely healthy. So I'm just okay. trying to keep them away. I've been trying to keep them away from Brant. Like, yeah, away from dad. <laughs> yeah, no, smart. Yeah, that's um, Jordan. Actually, the entire district is doing online for, I think, a month. What? Or is it just a couple weeks? Yeah, Jordan. Uh, Friday. What? So, yeah, Thursday or Friday. I don't remember if it was Thursday or Friday, but yeah, they ended up doing online. They switched everybody to online temporarily. Like, it's not for the rest of the school year yet, but they're, as of right now, they're doing um, online. And I can't remember. I got the email and I can't remember if it's for just couple of weeks or a month I don't remember but they are okay so you guys are doing that no because we're a charter oh. okay that's what I that's what I thought okay yeah well, we're that's charter, so. yeah Alrighty yeah. then I know things are crazy I wish like I could just switch to online everything like just anything and everything online just work life I just need to go remote for a minute. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I feel like this thing is sweeping so quickly. So many people are getting it, but I feel like people are getting over it a lot faster too. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really, really good. It's not really taking people out for the count. Yeah. Thank God. So I feel like let's just all get it. Let's be down for like a week and then let's continue on with life. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I mean, I'm hoping that there's going to be way more benefits from this than negatives, but that is not up to me. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so what are we talking about this week? Yes. So if you listened to our episode last week, we started uh, part one. This week will be part two. We are covering... The book by Kathleen Edelman, and it is called A Grown-Up's Guide to Kids Wiring. It talks about the four temperaments, which is sanguine, choleric, melancholy, and phlegmatic. Um, And last week, we covered sanguine and choleric. So if you didn't listen to last week's, stop this one. Go back and listen to it. I think I labeled it um, Kids Guide Part 1 or something like that. I don't know, something like that, yeah kids wiring part one or something like that so go back listen to that one first and then you can come back and listen to this one and if you already listened to last week then you are ready for this week's um so this week becca is going to take over and she is going to cover melancholy and phlegmatic which is color blue and color green again you can get this book on amazon there may be some other places that you can find it um i'm sure if you just go into google or what do iPhones use, Siri? Yeah. And um, put it in. I'm sure you probably could find it somewhere for you to purchase. Um, and we definitely recommend that you do if you're a parent um, because it's been very helpful for us. So, Becca, I'm going to hand it over to you. Take over, girl. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so last week um, you did a beautiful job of going over the sanguines and clerics. And so those are the more um, extrovert sides of personality traits and the melancholics and phlegmatics are the introvert. So just to recap again, yellow is sanguines and they speak the language of people and fun and clerics are red. They speak the language of power and control. There's are more extroverted um, personality types or temperaments and then blue is melancholics and they speak the language of perfection and order and then phlegmatics and they speak the language of calm and harmony both introverted just blue is introverted and task oriented whereas green is introverted and people oriented so um i think you and i talked about this on another podcast actually a while back because i am an introvert but i seem very very extroverted And that is because, um, for me personally, my highest scoring is, uh, phlegmatic. 
Um, which means I am an introvert, but I'm very people oriented. So I did the quiz for Kenley and I also did it for myself. Kenley's was really, really interesting because I really didn't think she was going to have like any sanguine and she scored 17 out of the 40 in um, sanguine. And then she scored 17 out of 40 again in phlegmatic. So she is absolutely split down the middle, um, which is really, really interesting to me. But it makes a lot of sense because she is very emotional, but she also likes people and she likes fun. That's for sure. So anywho, let me tell you, I want to tell you a little something about this. So um, because I had done the test before and I had somebody explain it to us that really understood this, these personalities. Um, one thing that when you look, so you're saying that she's half sanguine and half phlegmatic, and that's totally possible because yeah, they're on yeah, yeah. the same side of the square. But one thing yeah. that's not possible is you can't have someone that has the same, like you couldn't be split sanguine and melancholy and you couldn't be split choleric and phlegmatic. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. So you can be split like the top two, like you could be split between the two extroverts, which is me. You can be split between the two introverts, which is phlegmatic and melancholy. You can be split between the two, um, the two people oriented, which is sanguine Mm -hmm. and phlegmatic. And you can be split between the task oriented, which is choleric and melancholy, but Mm -hmm. you can't do an X. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is so interesting to me because I scored an 11 for phlegmatic because that is, of course, like it makes sense. That is my main temperament, but Mm -hmm. I got a 10 in both melancholic and sanguine. That's weird. Yeah. Like absolutely (laughs) 10, like 10 for 10. Yeah. So my, that's, I don't know. It's very interesting because technically. But you thought you were going to be melancholy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I knew you weren't going to be melancholy, but that wasn't my job to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it seems like it, but I still, I mean, it is my second one. Yeah. You know, it's just not tied with. I knew it yeah. was no way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like the sanguine, the sanguine part can totally, I mean, yeah, that makes sense because you're phlegmatic. So you yeah. still have like that people oriented side to you. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So let's do blue. So blue again is melancholic. And so the book, which we talked about, we've been saying over and over um, how much we love about it is it goes over every single stage. So it talks about toddlers, tweens, and teens. Um, And so again, the melancholic is the language of perfection and order, which really makes a lot of sense because me and Kenley both do really like perfection and order, but this is just not where we scored. So it's very interesting. I guess it's like the harmony of, phlegmatics that is both just so us but Mm -hmm. anywho so when it comes to this book I really really like how it just describes every stage and for melancholics um things that they will say that sounds like is um uh the book will say what melancholics will sound like (sighs) and I feel like I say this all the time so I've been thinking, I made a list that might hurt their feelings. So they're kind of more like empathetic a little bit. Um, I'm fine. What's the schedule for today? Did you think about this? I'm worried about X, Y, Z. What if I mess up? So um, more of just very introspective kind of and another thing that it says is it says a melancholic child will often avoid Noise or chaos is very disrupting. Um, Anything they feel fearful about, situations where they are the center of attention. Um, Coaches who yell or motivate by shaming. So shaming doesn't work. 
social gatherings with unfamiliar people, um, making a public mistake over scheduling themselves, uh, considering work uh, finished or turned in before it's perfect, which, yeah, that's not Ken Lee. Um, <laughs> she was like, I'm turning it in. I don't care as long as it gets up. <laughs> um, melancholic strengths, though. Strengths are creativity. Often it's musical or artistic, which is very much so my child, even though this is not her. Um, they're sensitive and emotional, plays and works well alone. So good being independent, serious and purposeful, honest. Um, cautious, trustworthy, compassionate, logical, um, great listeners, perfectionists. Some of their weaknesses are moodiness, um, having trouble bouncing back, slow to make friends, sluggish when plans or struggles when plans change. So very structured, um, worried or fearful. Let's see, too focused. Um, jealous is one that was interesting, pessimistic, judgmental, mm-hmm. self-sabotaging. So when you have the book, again, like we talked about in the last episode, the beginning, the white part will go over, um, a couple of things like their innate needs. So for the melancholics, the innate needs are safety, uh, sensitivity, support, space, and silence. So for safety, um, being able to trust their surrounding and relationships is really important. It's an innate need. Um, sensitivity, being understood is really important for support. Being offered or provided help is really important. And then space and silence, having time to decompress, process, or think. That's very much so a um, introverted aspect. But in the beginning of the book, it'll give you just a few different things like strengths and weaknesses. And then when you really go to the exact color, it gives you much more in-depth, like what me and John may have been pulling out to discuss these ones. Um, So if you are noticing that this sounds like your child, something um, that you want to avoid, so the part of the book where it says, say this, not that, words to celebrate um, uh, melancholic strengths are things like making sure you're bringing up their sensitivity or creativity or um, safety and things like that. So one thing you can say is if they bring something up, like that was nice of you to notice your sensitivity makes you such a good friend. Uh, Thank you for taking the situation seriously. I trust you. Um, you You've always been honest with me. So things like that. Another thing a way to respond that can be helpful for them is I can always count on you to be on time. Uh, Let's see. If anyone can solve this problem, you can. I really, really like this section where it gives you things to say. And then you also have on the very next page, what not to say. So if they are, if you notice that your child has these tendencies and they are having a difficult time, um, why are you crying? You can be oversensitive sometimes. It's probably not the best thing to say. Um, I'm having a hard time trusting you. Uh, It's good enough. Let's move on. Chill out. Uh, Things like that. It's not a big deal if we're late. Now, that can be kind of tricky because if your child really, truly, time is important to them, I feel like that's always a tricky one because sometimes – I know Ken Lee is like, I don't really care about time, but Zach is very, very prompt. He likes to be on time. So I have to be mindful when I'm saying that to him because it's a big deal for him. So, okay. When you were like going, when you were doing this, did you kind of see if you could figure out what Zach was? Yeah. Yeah. He is. What do you think he is? He's blue. He's melancholy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think he is probably blue and red, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So anyways, (laughs) (laughs) that's some things not to say. And again, there's just so much detail. We're trying to go over, you know, in like a brief manner, but this book is really, really helpful. 
at understanding everything that your child's temperament might be showing you and also preparing you for if that changes as well. Um, so then it goes on, like Shame was talking last week, it goes on to understanding their innate needs, which were, again, safety, sensitivity, support, space, and silence. So things that can be helpful to reassure their innate need for safety um, are things like, I'll keep everything you say between you and me. That can be really helpful if, you know, your child is having a difficult time in his tween or teen and doesn't feel comfortable to talk about certain things that could be really, really helpful. Um, do you want to hold hands so we can stay together in this crowd? Nothing you could say or do will ever change how I love you. So that's really important. Um, things that you can try to incorporate when it comes to your child, if they are melancholic to reassure their safety and then filling, um, their needs for sensitivity, things that are examples to use were, I wanted to tell you the news early so you'd have some time to process it. Um, because again, scheduling is a big deal and changing of things can often be triggering or a big deal for them. Um, you can have a few minutes to think before deciding so you don't feel rushed. Um, are you feeling a little bit overwhelmed? We can take a break if you need. I hear what you said, and I understand why you feel that way. I also feel like that's kind of important for just everybody in general, um, especially kids, especially when they're growing, just to know that they're being heard, I think is really, really important. And then um, for their need for support, something that would be helpful is, would you be comfortable with me helping? I'm ready and willing. Um, or... We'll stay quiet so you can concentrate. Is there anything else you need? Um, and then something for their space and silence. Again, introverts kind of do recoil a lot and do need some time to decompress. And one of the ways that you can help with that, with their safety and silence, is your brother and I will go play outside so you can have some peace and quiet. Let's spend 10 minutes reading quietly before we jump back into today's lesson. Are we've been out and about all morning. Let's head home for a rest. And in all honesty, I freaking do this all the time. I will tell the girls all the time, like if we are rushing and rushing and rushing, I'll let them know like, hey guys, I just need 10 minutes to myself where everything is just quiet. Mm -hmm. Or I'll let them know like, um, I'm going to put a pause on this. I really need to take a nap. So let's do all these fun things. And then let's go, I'll go home and snuggle and watch a movie. And that is something I feel like as moms, I, I don't think it matters if you're introvert or extrovert. You always need a nap because it's exhausting. But I've <laughs> noticed that's something that I tend to do. Um, so then for the build-up guide, there's a build-up guide for different things of what they're – how did you say it last time? Like, they show you triggers um, when – what was the word that you used when there are two – I don't know. When they're <laughs> like when their innate needs are being is. met. And there's a specific word their that behavior? she uses. No, uh -huh. it's like a specific word she uses. Um uh, anyways, it'll come to me later on. But anywho, so again, when you're breaking down the colors for the build-up guide, it'll let you know by stages. So toddler, tween, teen, um, when things are happening, when they're giving you signs that they're overwhelmed or giving you signs that their temperament is on the negative side or their temperament is um, then the negative of their temperament is coming out. So when they need support for a toddler, it might look like um, you can say to them, that's tricky to do all by yourself. What if we work together uh, for a teen it can sound like, I'll show you an example to make sure everyone understands. Um, for a teen, you must be slammed. How can I help? Um, and then for keeping their secrets, for a toddler, you can say, I'm here to listen no matter what you want to say. Tween, thanks for trusting me enough to share that. Teen, uh, you can trust. I'll keep this between us. 
Um, and then it also goes on to encouraging their creativity, which I think is really awesome for a teen. Um, one thing to say is I love watching you perform or if they're artistic, I love your drawings. You're so you know good at this specific technique or what have you. Um, but so it goes into all that, which I really, really like. And then it tells you again, ways and things you might say that could be tearing down your melancholic child. Um, so dismissing their emotions for a toddler. Um, a big one is there's no reason to cry about this. Tween would be don't let it bother you. I'm sure she didn't mean it that way. Um, which again, I mean, I understand that as parents, like we use these phrases all the time and we talked about it last time. Like, this is not a, Hey, we want to show you all the things you're doing wrong. It's more of a, these words aren't the most helpful. Here's a guide to the ones that are for your child's temperament. So I really, really liked that. Um, because this one I feel like is used often, but don't let it bother you. I'm sure she didn't mean it that way. That's used often. And I know it's usually, especially for myself, something that I'm thinking is going to be helpful. But if your kid's just not wired that way, it's not going to be helpful for them. Um, and then tween, you're still not over that. So um, one of the weaknesses, again, for them was like overthinking and just holding on to things. So that is, oh, signals. That's what it is. Okay. So that's for the melancholic. But then it says recognizing the melancholic signals. So when you are recognizing those um, weaknesses pop out, the best steps are to, one, validate their feelings, complement their strengths, and speak their language. So that's why, um, again, all of the colors have languages. And again, the blue is the language of perfection and order. So for an introvert, it's easy to be focused on perfection and order but it is for an extrovert as well so I like right um, I like when she says um like and she says this I think in almost all of them but yeah so when you're dealing with the signals usually your kids will behave a certain way right yep, and you right here, yeah. but I like yeah. where it says right here remember to respond to the why rather yep. than the what yep that's what I was just gonna go over it's the signals. So she will say like, pay attention to the signals. Um, when they are giving you those signals for a toddler, um, which needs are not being filled. So if it's space and silence, loud sirens, bright lights and extra energy from his or her classmates is overwhelming. So that's when they need to just have that quiet moment. And then it talks about um, how you can build them up with your words. And it just gives really great examples for those. Um, some of the signals to pause for and respond again to the why and not the what um, would be for support. And it says, uh, though he didn't directly ask for help, he wanted his teacher to notice that he needed support and understand the new material. So again, I really, really love this book because it does give you the perspective of a teacher or a coach, or even just somebody who works with other people, understanding their temperament, understanding the way that they work and the language they speak gives you really, really good information. So those are some of the signals that it goes over. And then at the not at the end, but um, it gives you challenge words for melancholics. So it'll go over some things like uh, should or can't is like kind of triggering for them. And then at the end, she has like a little uh, section where it says, if your goal is to make the words you speak a gift to the person you're speaking to, it's important to know if they'll receive your words as a gift or a grenade. So understanding them is super, super important. And when someone, <clears throat> so she'll go over some of the things that 
sorry, I am coughing. That might be triggering, which is, for example, she uses you can't. A melancholic child, introverted and task-oriented, will um, maybe respond by becoming introspective, possibly even shutting down, or obsess over what they might have done wrong, so just constantly going through that. Um, think I probably can't do it anyways. I've never tried that. I'll never try that again. And then she goes into, sorry. Okay. So I don't know what happened. It just, I was literally reading and then looked down at my phone and it was like, your recording is over. Um, so anywho, it cut me off. It doesn't like me. Um, <laughs> not sure where I left off, but I am going to keep on going because I need to get to green. Um, <laughs> And then it does go into, which I think you, we mentioned last week, but I'm going to touch on again. Um, there's a portion where it'll say coaching whichever color you have, whichever temperament you have. So this one in particular would be coaching melancholics to be their best. And it says things that you can do. So help them to um, accept invitations, join in or volunteer, forgive others and release grudges. Um, come up with a plan B when they feel anxious or overwhelmed. So it gives so many different things for um, how to coach them to be their best selves. And then it'll have a temperament combination. So if you are a sanguine grown-up with a melancholic child or a choleric grown-up with a melancholic child, or if you are both melancholic or phlegmatic and melancholic, um, it also does mention the common behavior issues. So it does go over that. And then at the very end of, again, she's always super positive and brings it back to the positivity of this book and what it's all about. And it says the good news with blue children is that they deeply want to do the right thing. After all, they are wired to be cautious rule followers. So their behavior issues aren't usually acts of disobedience. More often, their emotional issues, um, pessimism or self-doubt. So punishment will never really solve those issues, which makes it all the more important that as the grown-up, you respond to the why rather than the what. Um, but, 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 but. So validate, compliment, and speak their language. Always super important. And... Uh, it goes on a few more common uh, tensions with melancholic children is self-sabotage, um, not participating, overly fearful or cautious, uh, too much of a perfectionist, too hard on themselves, overly emotional, feel left out or different, moody, um, and then often complaining or criticizing. So that was melancholic, that's blue. The next one on the introvert spectrum is the phlegmatics. They speak the language of calm and harmony. So apparently this is me and Kenley both, right? Yes. Yes. This is this what is, I'm Wow. Yeah. Yes. So Kenley was exactly split. So this is her highest and this is my highest. So understanding... Phlegmatic children, let's get into them. So, again, talked about them at every stage. Um, toddlers, key things are like low energy, observant, undermining, um, innately kind, flexible, content, agreeable um, with tweens, um, very easygoing, key things. Um, they often say, do whatever you want, or let's do what you're thinking, um, tweens, one of the tween, our teen things that it says is that these children are committed to harmony with others, that they often take on the temperaments of the people around them. So what phlegmatics sound like, um, key things that they say that you might hear is, um, it doesn't matter to me, you pick, I can never pick a place. Like if anybody asks, <laughs> what do you want for lunch? Unless it is deep in my soul and I have a craving for it, I do not care. And I don't say that because I genuinely just don't care. I have an order for absolutely every place you could ever go. 
if you say we're going to In-N-Out, we're going to Taco Bell, we're going to this Mexican place down the street, we're going for sushi. I got it. I don't care. I got an order. I know what I want. Um, so you other things they might say. This is her huh? in Nashville. I said, you're not yes. kidding. That was you in Nashville. Hey, where yes. do you want to go? I, I don't care. Wherever you want to go. <laughs> Wherever you want. Just tell me where we're going. I'm happy. I'm happy to do whatever. Um, uh, sure, that's fine. No, thanks. I'll just watch. Um, is there anything I can do to help? I haven't gotten around to, to it yet. I can't decide. Take your time. I'm here if you want to talk. Just tell me what I have to do. I'm good. Whatever you think. It's okay. We can figure this out. Um, how are you? I've been thinking about you. Don't worry about it. I'm not upset. So that's things that you might hear from them. Um, what phlegmatics avoid is voicing their opinion until they're asked for it. I am working on that and I'm working on, I don't really think Henry has that problem though. She really doesn't have a problem right now voicing her opinion. Um, her hormones are like, like, let me tell you. Yeah. I feel like he has no issue telling her, telling you what she wants. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, other things that they might often avoid making decisions that affect others going first or joining in quickly telling the truth if it causes relational tensions um getting too worked up uh let's see hurting other people's feelings sticking with a stance if others disagree uh i really don't think me and kenley have that problem but conflict or confrontation uh their strengths so if this sounds like you or your child some of the strengths is easygoing kind of considerate a good friend calm generous patient reliable happy helpful common sense um warm and friendly content witty and a good listener um some of the weaknesses are indecisive slow um or sluggish uh unenthusiastic or unexpressive Stubborn, messy, um, resents being pushed, uh, can get stuck in worry or fear, timid, uninvolved, selfish, avoids um, responsibility and motivated, uh, procrastinates. Some of the things for what to say, so say this, not that, say this instead would be you're such a kind and caring classmate. Um, your friends are lucky to know such a good listener. I'm impressed you stayed so calm. Uh, would you help them resolve this? You stayed busy all that time by yourself. That's fantastic. So that's some things to say. Some things to avoid if you do have a phlegmatic child would be, um, why don't you have, ever have an opinion of your own? Um, this is not the time for wisecracks. Stay on track because, again, one of the strengths is being witty. Um, if you are phlegmatic, making people laugh is a genuine joy. So, oftentimes, wittiness will come out when it doesn't need to. Um, but it is a strength. So, you can't seem to finish anything on time. Um, we don't have all day to talk it over. Come on, keep up. You've got to move faster. I say that to Kenley all the time. Let's <laughs> go, move. Where? What are you doing? Um, uh, phlegmatics innate needs. So their innate needs are harmony, feeling of worth, lack of stress, and respect. So those are their four innate needs. Things that can be helpful to reinforce harmony. Um. If there's confrontation, one that's good is let's table this for now. We can discuss it at dinner tonight when you've had some some time to think. Um, or we'll go out into the hallway to talk so we don't disrupt your quiet. Um, things that you can practice incorporating to help with their feeling of worth is uh, what would you what would we have done without you today? You were so calm and focused. Or I'll reschedule my meeting. There's no way I'm missing your performance. Um, Their innate need, lack of stress, something that can be helpful is what would your ideal schedule be for today? Let's see what we can work out. Um, Tackling today or tackling your chores today or tomorrow. 
would free you up to sleep in on Saturday morning. That is super, super helpful. I do that with Kenley often. Um, something you can say to help reinforce their innate need for respect would be, what do you think? I don't want to make a decision until you've weighed in. Or can you teach me since you're the expert? Um, the build-up guide. So words for... Um, words to fill their needs for a showing um, curiosity about their interests with a toddler. I could look something like, wow, you know so much about trains. What else can you teach me? Or a tween. Uh, I noticed you're on the last few pages of your sketch pad. I'm so interested to see what you've been drawing. A teen would sound like, tell me more about this game. It looks like you just reached the next or a new level so it goes over being flexible yet clear about timelines um listening completely without interrupting is important something for a teen um let's see you could say tell me more i'm interested so just going back to that respect um thing for them and then again it goes over ways that you might be tearing them down unknowingly. So expecting things done at your pace, not theirs. So for a tween, um, I thought you'd have this done by now or a teen. You still haven't started. It's due tomorrow. Um, it also talks about pushing their involvement or interaction with others. Um, for a teen, it could look like um, you have to go. I already signed you up or um Mistaking their quiet for apathy is something that um, struck me out and I really liked for tweens. Are you even paying attention? Can be really triggering for them and tear them down. Let's go to the signals. So if you do have a phlegmatic child, some of the signals that you want to look out for, uh, validating their feelings, uh, compliment their strengths, speak their language. The little um, caption at the bottom for phlegmatics says, let's work um, through a few examples of what it might look like to pause and do three things when a phlegmatic child signals their procrastination and stubbornness. So the negatives, again, are procrastination and stubbornness. And she will like prompt you to think about ways that you can help your child and do something positive, use positive reinforcement with them. Um, some signals for a toddler when they are not, when their needs are not being met, uh, lack of stress. So that is something that's an innate need. They need to have a calm environment. Um, the rushing and urgency of the morning is overwhelming for them. So, for me personally with Kenley, and I think honestly, tweens and teens still struggle with this, but if you know you have a phlegmatic child, rushing is never your friend. So for school on the days when I take her in, I have to, if I do not get up in time and I mean like we're talking 45 minutes early just to get her moving. Um, if I don't get her up in time, I have just resolved myself that I wake her up and I tell her, Hey, look, we are running late. You have five minutes. I want you to focus. I want you to let yourself wake up. And then I need you in the bathroom and we got to get moving because otherwise it's just a hot disaster. Um, things for tweens when um, their feeling of worth is when you're seeing signals that their feeling of worth is disrupted. Um, careless comments, uh, devalued something that they genuinely are interested in or they're working on that can be something that tears them down. Um, with harmony, there's an unsettled tension between you and him or her and it feel and you can tell. So that is some of the signals for the phlegmatics and things that, Oh, and then it goes on to, this is one of the parts that I really, really like when it says things that, really are triggering to them and how all of the colors would respond. So when someone says you can't, so can't, don't, you need to, you should, 
those are really triggering things. Um, and the way phlegmatics will handle that is usually display indifference or apathy. Think, okay, that's fine. I don't really care anyways, which is kind of like a deflection. Um, or they'll move on to something that interests them more. When a sanguine child gets you can't, um, they'll respond with, sure, I can. Let's find a way. Or they'll move on to something more fun. Um, with a melancholic, when they hear that, they can become introspective or shut down. Um, and then with a choleric, which is red, they might immediately start devising a plan to do it anyways or <laughs> make you give them a reason they can't. It's my or child. Or think you want to bet. So I'll show you I can do it. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly what happened. <laughs> right? So that is some of the things. And then the other phrases mm -hmm. that will specifically trigger a phlegmatic child. Um, I'm disappointed in or upset with you now is something that can be triggering. And I mean, I understand, like, as a parent, you might be thinking, well, you know what? Sometimes now is now. It has to be done now. Like, it's, we got to do it. But that's why that guide is so helpful to when you do have those situations to find better words to accompany that, to get that across to your child's specific temperament. Um, another thing that can be triggering um, you don't mind, do you? Like kind of just always thinking that because they're so easygoing, it doesn't bother them or um, speak up, you're lazy, you make the decision, those can be triggering. Um, and then coaching a phlegmatic. So if you have a phlegmatic child or you're a teacher or you just want to bring the best out in yourself, um, you want to help them learn to match the emotions and our energy of others, which I think is helpful, but I think what's even more important is helping them understand the emotions and energy of others and observing it, but not letting it affect you negatively. So being aware of it, but not letting it spike you in any way. Um, another thing to help them with is speak up for themselves rather than um, letting resentment build, uh, volunteer jump into conversations, um, explain when they need time to think rather than just like going into their room and not explaining that they need time. Uh, and then it does the temperament combos for both, which I love. And then common behavior issues with them. Um, kids refusing to clean their room, trust-related frustrations. So um, if you do, if there's phrases that strike a nerve, um, it says it's likely that you are task-oriented, red or blue, and it's obvious why phlegmatic children's apathy and slow pace bothers you. So if you notice that your child just, you're having a hard time with their temperament, it might be because you are red or blue. Um, so yeah, that was some of the stuff in there. And that is green. Let me see if I'm missing anything on green. I don't think so. And then there's a conclusion. And then at the end, there is um, tips. So tips for you as a grown up with your specific child. So that is the blue and green melancholic and phlegmatic yes yeah again there's a lot there's so much information but it is really really helpful and super awesome to know it's just another way to better equip yourself to help raise strong efficient children yeah um so then after you go through um the temperaments um, and it has the different colors that are separated after all of that. Um, it will like, you know, it kind of gives you um, tips for sanguine grownups. Yeah. And it gives you like the tip for each type of grown up with a certain type of child. So it'll go through 
um, all the different temperaments, if you were sanguine with a different child or whatever, and it gives you tips. And then after it goes through the tips, then it has a section that says temperament assessment for grownups. So um, it actually has more questions for you. And it has the questions are A through, um, sorry, no, there's 40 questions, I believe. And mm-hmm. it gives you multiple choice to choose from. And then at the end, you can figure out um, what your temperament is, which that test might be a better test for you to take. Is that the one you took? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. And because I took the shorter ones for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did this longer one for me. But it has that in the back. So, um, Yeah. That's, that's the better test for the grownups to take. But I really like how it doesn't just have you know what your kid's temperament is, but it also lets you figure out what your temperament is. Um, because, I mean, especially in the sections where it says if you're a sanguine parent with a choleric child, then this is how you should, you know, this is the tips that you should use, you know. And mm-hmm. you would only be able to really use that section if you also knew what your temperament was. Yay. So, yeah. Yay, yay. Yeah. So this is a book that, yeah, me and Becca have definitely, um, I think it's been very helpful. Of course, like we said, like you're not, I mean, this isn't going to make you a perfect parent by any means, but it's going to help. Um, and I constantly have to go back to it because I constantly forget, like, I'm always saying the triggering things to my kids, yeah. <laughs> even if I've read this book and then I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I like, why am I, um, bumping heads right now with them? Let me go back to my book. Let me look at their specific section, which is so easy to do because it's colored in there in that color. And let me see what is it that I'm saying that's not helpful. Okay, yep, I said that. That's triggering. Okay, what can I say that is going to be helpful? What is going to help get the response that I'm hoping to get and also is going to make my feel my child feel like I'm building them up instead of tearing them down? Um, you know, I mean, like, for instance, how you just said for phlegmatic saying now is... Mm-hmm not helpful. And I mean, how many times do we say now? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have to go now. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. So um, hopefully, um, just like telling you guys about this book was helpful for you. Definitely, you know, be like, oh, you know, there's some good stuff in there that I should check out. And you can get it for yourself. And it helps you with your parenting. I mean, that was our whole goal for going over this book is just to share something that's been helping us that we hope will help you guys as well because parenting is hard and you know we're always saying how it doesn't come with a map it doesn't come with a guidance book but here is one that is pretty helpful um and uh, hopefully it can be a tool to help you along your journey as a parent um and build a relationship with your kids that mm-hmm. is uh, fruitful and, you know, good. Yay. But anyway, we hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. And thank you for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to our channel so you can keep seeing when we have a new episode posted up. Go follow us on our Instagram at all the things with C and B. And um, we hope you guys are, yeah. Enjoying what you're hearing. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you on the next one. Yeah. Bye. Bye.